Thank you for choosing to listen to the basketball segment of episode 7. On this part of the show, we spoke about basketball in Ghana, LaMarcus Aldridge retiring from the NBA, and our updated NBA award pick for awards like MVP, Most Improved Player, Defensive Player of the Year, Rookie of the Year, and Sixth Man of the Year. Enjoy the conversation from this segment. So moving on to basketball, we, we're going to talk about Ghana basketball for, to start this topic. Um, so last Wednesday, there was a Ghana basketball conference. We had the Menace of Sports, Youth and Sports Online. We had Pop Mensa Bunchu also online, who is the proprietor of Seed Academy. And we had so many high-profile names in the basketball community in Ghana and Africa also online. And uh, it was a fruitful talk mainly to talk about the problems of Ghana basketball, Africa basketball, how to improve it and where to start from. And today we are having a guest with us and he's going to introduce himself and then he will kind of answer a few of our Ghana basketball questions and give his opinions on what he thought about the conference and what he personally thinks can be done to improve Ghana basketball and hopefully African basketball. So uh, I am Justice, like I said, but everybody calls me Jay. Uh, I've been playing uh, basketball for Ghana Air Force. I'm a civilian though. I, I'm not part of the army, but I play for uh, Ghana Air Force and I've been playing for the past five years. And when it comes to Ghana basketball, of course, like I have friends like Mimi, I have friends like Rafik, who are a part of the all right, so like the first question we have for you is like, how do you see um, the Ghanaian basketball scene now, and like, how do you think it could be possibly improved? Like, and do you actually have a league you play in for the Ghana Air Force team? Yes, uh, we play in the ABL. That's our club basketball league. I mean, I know there are other leagues in our part here. We had a sponsorship deal from Carbell. That was the last time we played in our basketball league, and it was. It was. It looked like it was gonna be something good, but from what I heard from a distance, I was told that the grand prize was uh, around like thousands to thousands, which to me I felt was ridiculous. You understand? And these are the challenges that we'll be going through. We don't have very good sponsorship. Now, I personally spoke to Mimi about these sponsorship problems. He actually recruited a couple of guys. Mimi recruited a couple of guys in the United States of America. And he tried to organize them to play in the FIFA basketball tournament. So at least these guys that represent Ghana whenever there's any FIFA tournament in Africa or anywhere across the world. And guys, he budgeted for 400,000 US dollars. And I repeat, 400,000 US dollars, which is nothing close to the kind of budget that uh, these guys in our football, you know, uh, how fraternity budgets, I mean, the GFE, these guys budget for more, like way more than just $400,000. And Mimi was told that there was, there was no fund for such an amount, and that the amount was ridiculous. You understand? So even if, even if uh, sports council is not supporting basketball, okay, and I, I don't know how else, or I don't know who or which company will be ready to sponsor any basketball competition. So I think uh, people like uh, Serum, 
like we have this group and we keep talking about these things. I think that uh, individually we have to aim very attractive. You understand? I think uh, we have to, for now, some of us have to actually use them. And then, um, I don't know how to put it, but we have to, we have to find ways and means. We have to find ways and means to make it very attractive for uh, us to have sponsorship. Because that is the main problem. Yeah, so um, I would want to know how you guys are going to um, engage with the sports minister since he was present for the conference to make sure he can help Ghana basketball with funding because he's new and a lot of these sporting disciplines are trying to lure their way to getting funding from the ministry. So what are you guys going to do to make sure I mean, you get your fair share of it. Uh, I think uh, there should be there should be an organized basketball league. Uh, I don't know about the term. I think uh, I know Osofo is the one behind. There's this popular guy Osofo. So I think that uh, maybe he pushes for the 24 uh, team, but then he's the one behind the organization of the basketball league. But I think that there should be a well organized league. One very active for us. Okay. Once we see that we have we have made efforts to maintain a certain league on at that highest level, okay, you know, make sure the organization is pinch perfect. Of course, we cannot get that, but in something close to that, I feel that it, it would it will probably it will probably push them more, uh, you know, uh, to 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 want to sponsor. But like I said, people like Bimi, um, he has his, his way around these things. Because uh, he, he has been uh, at the helm of basketball affairs since, since. I mean, I was a kid when I saw me started playing basketball and then taking Ghana out there in, in their season stuff. So like, uh, like I'm saying, I know Mimi has his way of trying to convince these guys. Uh, Yasechi too is there. I, don't, I really don't know how. Uh, I don't know the relationship between Yasechi and uh, the sports council, but I know of that of Mimi. And Mimi is uh, somebody who is very uh, articulated, can talk, and he knows how to convince these guys. Too. But I think but when once we have a, a potent basketball league running for us, yeah, we should get that way. Okay, how how realistic do you think um, these plans are? It's, 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 it's possible. I think that First of all, because uh, it, it looks like the, uh, the football, uh, the, the GFA isn't really, you know, producing as much as it used to. I think this is the time for uh, our basketball fraternity to, you know, sh- showcase what we have. And trust me, we have a bunch of guys who are really good. Would you believe that uh, anytime Ghana is representing, I mean, any, anytime anything else represents Ghana, for you know, football competition, it's just the sub team, and they, 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 they are spon- like they go on their own. It's not like the country sponsors them. It's it's sets themselves who sponsor, yeah, whatever they have to do to go and represent Ghana out there. So yeah, we have people who are really good. Yes, majority of them are old now, but then we have the other guys who are coming up. I think once we have people at the forefront. It, it can happen. It, it really can happen. Actually, like, trust that it can happen. And we have 
we have tables, we have talent. We don't, we don't even have um, facilities as much as you compare us to certain countries. We have, we have door, we have door attitude. I promise you, that talent there. And so, with a little bit of motivation, come get there. I don't know. I believe that this can happen. I believe. All right. So, like that, like you touching on facilities was where I was going to go next because. Like, I've been trying to do research on whether or not we have indoor courts in Ghana. And, like, each time I search basketball courts, it seems like the only thing we do have is outdoor courts. So when it rains and things like that, like, how do you guys play your league? Or you have to cancel the, your games for the, that week once, if it rains? Once, once it rains, it means that league games have to be postponed. And that's, that has been another struggle. But you won't believe that the only basketball indoor court we can play. Cape Coast, that's I think the Cape Coast University area or the Cape Coast University. So, and it's not even like an indoor indoor, it's just it has been pushed some sort of, you understand? And it's bad. Some of us, we have to go to Lincoln, Ghana, right? To go and play indoor basketball. That's whenever the weather is bad or it's raining and then we still want to play. And it, it comes with a protocol list and you have to have connections with somebody who has access to playing. I mean, that's how ridiculous it is. So I, <laughs> we we lack facilities. That's just it. We lack facilities. You understand? We don't have. And you know, we play on about uh, three basketball courts in Ghana. The the main court is the Lebanon House. Then we have Prisons Basketball Court. Then we have uh, uh, we have sometimes Aviation Social Center. Sometimes Aviation Social Center. You understand? So, uh, it's, it's, it's just, it's just, uh, this part when it comes to facilities, it's just terrible. We are struggling. I mean, we, we have been struggling with having access to quality basketball courts, quality, you know, you know gyms, indoor courts to go train, where you can train and stay and rest a while before you go home. Like, honestly, um, many of the um, other two sports, not football or basketball, complain about the lack of funding and like we see it over and over again the two sports that get the most funding in this country for the most part is like football is at the very top and no one can come close to it and then bass and then boxing like gets some level of funding um so uh spio do you have a question yes i do so i like how you highlighted issues um concerning infrastructure when you were asked and uh, when you also asked the question you mentioned whether it's realistic you said it is and it's doable so i'm just thinking to myself concerning infrastructure and other key aspects of rolling out this project especially with risk management and stakeholder management what are some of the potential bottlenecks bottlenecks for short term bottlenecks for long term um you know you know, these, these are these are things that I personally can't really, really say. Okay, I, I I just want to be frank with you. If if there are any long term plans or anything short term plans or anything that has to be discussed, I think I just have to probably just speak to Vinny or speak to Rafiq because these guys are the ones at the forefront. Uh, I haven't really had uh, time to talk to them after they met the you know the minister and all. Of and I will do that. I, I think the next time you guys invite me, I promise you I would uh, go deep about this 
make my research and you know make sure I I get the right answers because uh, like I said, it's a very you know uh, it's a, the question is very reasonable and I I wouldn't want to give any answers when I'm not too sure about. All right, so like Justice, it's been nice talking to you about Ghanaian basketball. But if you watch the NBA, we have yeah, two. Yeah, that lot. We have two NBA topics. Like we wouldn't mind you staying for. So. No, that's that's fine. That's fine. I love NBA. So All right. That's fine. All right, calm. So, moving to the next topic, we have Lamarcus Aldridge retired from the NBA. He's had a remarkable career. He f- leaves the game, finishing with. Over, over 19,000 points, just under 20,000 points. He finished with 19,951 points, which left him at with an average of 19.4 points per game for his career, averaged 8.2 rebounds, two assists, um, one point. I think, yeah, he averaged over one block per game. He was just an overall talent. So the question I have for you guys is, is do you think he is a Hall of Famer? How would this impact the Brooklyn Nets season with the super teams they tried to build for the playoff push this season? And should the Portland Trailblazers retire his number 12 jersey? Just as you can start. Okay, so, um, look, uh, let's be honest. He hasn't really won a chip, okay? But Aldridge, if not for the modern basketball, right? would have been a phenomenal big man, right? Because he has talent. Me, personally, I think that he's, he's a Hall of Famer. You understand? Because a seven-times uh, seven All-Star, right? I think he had, uh, he's been uh, All-NBA second team uh, twice or thrice, and then All-NBA third team, like, twice too, okay? It's not bad. You know, there are the, like, the tons of players in the NBA, so to get these kind of recognitions, you understand? And he has been very influential everywhere he's gone to. Okay. And even even with the whole modern basketball, with with time, you realize that Audrey was shooting the three ball. You realize that he, you know, he he, he his game was leader with the mid-range. You understand? So uh, I think he's a whole thing. And the Portland Trailblazers, they should. I think they should. Because he needs that he needs to be respected as much as because well, of course. I mean the reason why Lillard, Lillard had he had a say on that, and then not because Leda hasn't won a, you know, a chip yet, and he's probably saying that because he's, he's almost in the same state as, you know. But he he contributed immensely to. Like you're saying, look at the look at the stuff. Yeah, he's he's a phenomenal player. Uh, I I love how he played. He, he was really basic. So yeah. All right. So looking at um Portland, um he. Ranks, he's one of their top rebounders ever, and he just carried the team from the Roy, um, from the uh, Brandon Roy and Greg Gordon errors to the Damian Lillard, um, CJ McCullen errors. So, like, he has been the perfect bridge, he was a perfect bridge for Portland between two errors, even though he ended up leaving to go to San Antonio. They should still retire his jersey, they should still retire it. I promise you, like. He deserved that because, like, like I'm saying, <clears throat> not we don't we don't see very we don't see a lot of big men that are that talented like Audrey. You understand? And like you said, he he actually he he he, he breaks that gap between that old school basketball 
and then new school basketball. And he still stayed relevant when he went to when he, when he went to uh, sorry Spurs. He was still relevant. You understand? He was still well. He wasn't clean the boards like he used to, but he he was still you know getting his his points and he modified his game with time. So guys, I me I I don't think Toto is just being retired or all of it. Um, well, I think he kind of played a significant part in the Portland Trail Blazers, in the Portland Trail Blazers team, and he he had that kind of unique big man kind of play. Like, um, you know how Gasol plays his game. It wasn't this athletic, extremely athletic kind of play, but then it was like, you know, like all style and finesse, especially in the mid range and that kind of thing, and Audrey was one of one of the very good players back in the day, and age caught up to him, but even with the age, he still kind of remained relevant, even though he didn't show stats-wise, but then, I think consistent he, as he was due to age reasons, you could tell that on some nights when he gets like really hot, he could drop 20 points, almost 30 points for you. So, I think Audrey had a huge impact on the game, and um, I, I think hopefully he can get to the Hall of Fame. I hope he's remembered as such by the Portland Trail Blazers as they retire his jersey as well because I do think they should retire his jersey because he was also an important part of the team. And uh, yeah, I feel like I feel like Portland um, Aldridge Aldridge was a very important player to the game. And with the situation as it is right now and him joining Nets and retiring just a few games after. Uh, it's, it's it's kind of like a surprising huge blow for the Nets and they'll have to quickly readjust to that because they need someone to fill that role and although maybe for now it looks like the Nets are having injury issues so maybe they're kind of like unstable right now the Nets are still a dangerous team with or without Aldridge but then to kind of solidify the bench presence they'll try to definitely go for another option and I'm hearing a lot of chatter that they they probably will go for Hassan Whiteside because he's probably like the next big option that they can get. I don't know how many what kind of trades they'll do together because I don't think Whiteside is a free agent. But then if they do it might somehow help their bench. Although personally I don't think it will improve their bench in any way because Whiteside has moved from that, you know, franchise player to a role player and it's very disappointing but then hopefully on the net he can bring something to them that will be of value so that's how i see it uh, i think nets will try to adjust quickly and try to make the best options uh the best they can make out of the options they have yeah all right diane before you go um lamarcus aldrich is the all-time leader in total rebounds for the portland trailblazers at 5,434 rebounds um, for his career. He shot 49% from the field, 32% from three, 81% from the free throw line. And again, he averaged 1.1 blocks per game, two assists per game, 8.2 rebounds per game, and 19.4 points per game. Okay, well, I don't have much to add, um, but I agree with, with Justice and um, Sarah where regardless of um, rings, 
that he de- he deserves to be a Hall of Famer and his jersey retired. Um, the Trailblazers retired their jer- his jersey. Um, the guy, the fundamental part of the was fundamental part of the league, and yeah. I believe his jersey should be retired because having such an impact in a team, it's 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 honourable. And when you're honourable, you you deserve to be recognised. For the Hall of Famer, um, I don't know if there are different or like there are multiple bodies that give Hall, Hall of Fame awards, but maybe like a fans' home Hall of Fame award will be good for him because I currently don't see how, you know, without having a ring. And I mean, just with the ring, I, I currently don't see how he would enter the Hall of Fame. But it would be nice to have him in there. But if he doesn't get in there, maybe a fans Hall of Fame. Uh, what do you mean by fans? Fans Hall of Fame. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, come on. No, no. I, I, I personally feel that when you see stuff like that, it's, it tends to his legacy. You understand? Because, like, look, like you said, Aldridge. He was, everybody thought he was going to be the next, you know, big thing. You know, the, of course, he probably didn't leave after it. But, you know, he was more like the, like the Gasol, he said Gasol, you know, joker kind of basketball where he, he, he completely dependent on his finesse and, you know, his mid-range game and all that. You understand? So if, if, of course, he couldn't get a ring, but there's so many guys out there today who are part of the Hall of Fame, you know, and didn't really, really achieve much. I don't think Oli is far, is so, so far from being a Hall of Famer. It's not fair when you think that. That should be a fun Hall of That's a little... I mean, that's... Uh, all right, yeah, I, mean, I, I, I agree with you, the points you made. And uh, just to wrap it up, the Portland Trailblazer should retire his jersey. He's number one. Yeah. He's number one in your franchise history and rebounds. He's oh, third boy. in career in career points for your franchise behind Clyde Drexler, who's a Hall of Famer, and Dame Lillard, who will become a Hall of Famer once he retires. So, like, honestly, they should just do right by him, no matter how disappointed you were that he left a free agency. But at the end of the day, it was free agency. He had every right to leave if he felt bro, he had a better left, opportunity to bro, go somewhere else. When he left, bro, when he left, Portland didn't look like we were going anywhere. Portland didn't look like they were headed anywhere. You understand? And this guy was yeah, getting old. And he needed that chip. I mean, it's rather unfortunate when he went to the Spurs. He couldn't, I mean, he couldn't deliver. I mean, not deliver, deliver, but you understand? Yeah. I mean, the problem with, like, when he went to the Spurs, the Spurs would have been great, but it's just that this, at the same time, Golden State, Golden State's dynasty came up and you know, it blocked it. You understand that. And, and you know, once, once Golden State blossomed like that, there wasn't anything close. It, it didn't matter. It didn't matter your system. It didn't matter how good you were. All right. So in earlier episodes, we gave our MVP predictions, who we thought was going to be MVP this season. Justice, since this is your first episode, can you tell us who you think should win MVP, Sixth Man of the Year, Rookie of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, and Most Improved this season? Uh, let me take one. Uh, one. I think... Uh, the MVP race has been you know, sort of a roller. Of course, Jokic has made a very boost. We all can tell his numbers are just crazy. Uh, looking at his uh, the position of his team, I don't know. I would I would go for Joel Embiid. I mean, just for the fact that we we didn't say this coming, 
because Joel, Joel, like we all expected Joel to be a big boy, you know, three years ago when he kept making noise about the process, the process, you know, then he choked, uh, you know, then all of a sudden, Doc Rivers comes into the picture and this guy is just doing magic. You understand? Uh, currently, this time, uh, I think we are on top of the East, right? If I'm not mistaken. You understand? And if any accolades must go for any, any, anybody who had so much influence in the team, I'll go for Jordan uh, for the MVP. All right, so then everyone else give your MVP picks so then we'll go to the next level. Diane? Okay, well, I'm sticking with Embiid from... Wait, actually, at the start of the season, I said, you guys, I said um, Tatum, but I quickly recanted <laughs> when we did our... I'm sorry. But you already, but you already know that I sent this guy. And then, but then, when we when we did our second um, update, I said I said Embiid alongside Harden because this guy's season has been the next like standard. Like this guy, I think people overlook Harden because he's just a great player. But I'm still sticking with Embiid. Uh, Sharon, your MVP. Wait, are we are we still talking about Harden? <laughs> are you okay? <laughs> nah. <laughs> I'm not too, but no. No, this Look, look. Okay, no hate to Harden. Okay, no hate to yeah. Harden or, or anything at all. But I mean. Come on, like we're talking. He's so overlooked. Are you kidding? <laughs> he's so overlooked. I mean, yeah, he's, made, he's been overlooked, and he's been overlooked for a reason. Okay, so you know, I'm not gonna, I'm, I'm I don't, no. I'm not gonna have that discussion <laughs> today. And you know, me, my pick for MVP. I've said this since the beginning that I've always had two people that I want to. I'm, I'm okay with either one of them winning, either Jokic or Embiid. However. I'm more tipped to the side of Embiid because of the African descent and bias. If he wins, what do you say? Sentiment, huh? Yeah. So if if he wins, it's a big win for the African continent. So I like the fact that both centers are like on the the top rankings of the... Because like I said in my previous episodes that... At center hasn't won the MVP in quite a while, and to be very interesting to see one win. However, if Embiid wins, it will be—I'll be very happy because of it's, it's, it's a huge bonus to the African continent, and it's going to shed or bring more light to the talent that is here in Africa. So that is my reason for picking Embiid over Jokic. But then I'd be happy either way if any of them win. If Embiid wins, he'll be the first African, a player of African descent to win an MVP since um, Hakeem Olajuwon in ninety three, ninety four. Uh, guys, I want to ask this: what, what, what is happening to Jason Tatum? Like, uh, what, what's happening to Tatum? What's happening to him? Diane, that's, that's your man's. Because me. <laughs> All right, honestly, it's just the whole Celtics. The Celtics been... have been up and down. That's and Tatum getting COVID didn't help him out, and like that's just part of the reason they floundered so much this season. 
Hopefully next by next season he'll be alright. Yeah, he'll be back. Oh, yeah. right. I don't know, but you you make this amount of money and then you you were seeing that because the team hasn't gelled as well as you kind of you know get that. I mean, you're a superstar. You understand? You're a superstar. When uh, when Harden had nobody, he was still doing his thing. You understand? When Westbrook was like, okay, see, I had practically nobody on the roster. It was averaging a triple double. And that, that's, the, that's the kind of pedestal we all, me in particular, as soon as I saw Tatum just start handing the ball like crazy and taking those step back jumpers, I'm like, no, this guy is just, he's just tilted from greatness like that. And now I'm disappointed, honestly. I'm really, really disappointed. Okay, yeah, um, to, to talk about your point, talk about your point about Harden and... Yeah, okay, sure. so to to talk about your point that um, relating to the Harden and uh, Westbrook handling teams, right? Uh, I think Tatum is, is still relatively a young guy in the league. I know he's been in the league since I think 2016 or 20, no, is it 2018? Um, when did Tatum come into the league? He was the same draft class as Lonzo, so I'll, I'll say. So I think. He's, he's still relatively a young guy in the league and has not had that kind of experience handling a team on his own as much as Westbrook and Harden and all those other guys have. Because, see, Harden had to carry um, Rockets since, I think, 2013 or 2014. And, you know, he had to grow into that role, which I think Tatum is... Like is kind of at that stage right now where he's going into that role. Westbrook had that kind of experience where he had to carry a team once, and even though it didn't go that well, he kind of also grew into that role. And you know, when KD left, he also kind of like had reached that point where he was able to now carry the team. Same for LeBron. Same for all those other players that have carried teams on their own. Even Kobe Bryant had their struggles when they had to carry the teams on their own. <laughs> If you're making this point, what about what about a young chap like Luka Doncic? Um, I mean, that's Luka Doncic is still struggling to carry the team I, on his own. Look, the argument for Luka is he's look, been a Luka professional player since he was a teenager. So he's been carrying teams. Yeah, since yeah. Luka like has been a professional player since. But then the thing is, even so, even so, he's still struggling to carry the team on his own because his team is not like at the top of this. They're not in the top ranking or top four, top five of the league. They are still in the bottom tier. Bruh, so he's bruh, still kind of if, struggling. If so, look. Bro, if you say he's struggling, bro, if you say he's struggling, I, I, I bet it's different. Because you look at Lucas numbers and it, 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 it's it's mind-blowing. For a, for look, a numbers for aside, a numbers somebody, aside. Numbers, no, 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 you can't put numbers aside. You can't put numbers aside. Just, just, I'm not putting numbers aside per se. What I'm trying to say is, what I'm trying to say is that regardless of the numbers, right, uh-huh. the team is not performing as well. Okay, that's the same thing because well, Tatum is also putting because, up numbers. You, because, you're not the thing is, yeah, look, Tatum is also putting up numbers. Up. You can't say Porzingis is not consistent. Can I, can I finish? Can I finish? Can I finish? Yes, can I finish? Tatum is also putting up very good numbers. Okay, but then the team is not performing as well as you'd expect them to perform because they've been to the playoffs, they've been to the, the conference finals and all those things. And to me, I call that a struggle because if you are putting up the numbers and your team is still not doing well, then it means that you are kind of struggling to carry to or to uplift the team. 
Westbrook also struggled, even though he was putting up the numbers. He struggled, he was putting up the numbers, and that is why the, the, the season that he, he averaged a triple-double and won the MVP, his team was in the eighth seed, and they were first or second, first or second round exit. So the but struggle you, is still there, but, but then are you, are the player has an Fam, are you aware? Fam, are you aware that uh, Tatum has Brown and then Kemba Walker? Are you aware of that? I'm aware. I'm aware. But you know what? Let's 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 not delve too deeply into this topic. We'll probably do a better discussion about this topic for next week. I think our our lady here to speak for herself. Because I mean, it, I, I understand why she had to just quickly switch to Joel and B. Because Tatum has been a disappointment. Me to me, I think. It has been very disappointing, honestly. Yeah, that's why I quickly recanted. Yeah. Maybe like yeah. a few weeks after. <laughs> yeah. Alright, who's your MVP? Joel all the way. For me, it's, it's an African win. Joel all the way. Simple. Hey, are you the same person who said Luca? <laughs> are you questioning? See, you see, these are the things that you do, and the oracle doesn't apologize. Right now, you're coming to attack the oracle. Is that how you are? Is that how you are? Okay. Who do you guys have for Rookie of the Year? Uh, come on. I, I think we all have the same answer. I don't know, but of course, if it's not uh, Anthony Edwards, who else? I, I was rooting for, you know, Lamelo, of course. Lamelo is, me, if you ask me, is way better than his marketable, his, his, his passing ability. I mean, the, the finesse to his game, you understand, the swagger to his game. It's, it's just it's just insane. So since he is injured, oh, Anthony Edwards. I don't really like Anthony Edwards. Game. I mean, no, no, I, I don't, I don't hate it, but I, I think his game isn't. All of us initially we said Melo, um, but the guy's injured, so second choice is Edwards for me. I'm giving my boy yeah. um Tyrese Halliburton. I'm putting everyone. Halliburton up there. Okay, that is your pick. But in the air, as Diane said, everyone said Melu. But I want you guys to say it here that I was the only one who was advocating for Anthony Edwards, even though Melu was there. I knew that the thing would go to Melu, but I was the only one who was advocating for Edwards that that guy should be up there in the conversation and take up the first position. Look. Okay, so everyone, let's clap for Sarah. Let's clap for Sarah. Everyone, let's clap for Sarah. Clap for me. No, I would take it. I would take it. No, but what's there to clap for? I would take it. Nothing. Like, I'm being sarcastic. Like, why is it bringing this up? Clap for me. No, I would take it. But we couldn't have foreseen this injury. We couldn't have foreseen this injury. Yes, we... No, okay. Justice. So before you join today's episodes, right? In our previous mm-hmm. episodes, when yeah. we had this discussion about who would be the rookie of the year, right? We knew or we kind of agreed that okay, well, with the way Melo was playing, the the rookie of the year award will go to Melo. However, I kept advocating for Anthony Edwards that the guy was playing really good and he was putting up numbers, and I felt like he should not be counted out and I hope that that kind of competition will be there where he kind of took over the Melo position and now that Melo is injured it's kind of given him that opportunity to finally take home the championship the, the, the award so I'm saying that these other guys were not agreeing with me that Edwards should be up there or would be able to 
to overtake Melo, regardless of the injury or not. And I'm saying they should clap for me, or they should agree with me, they should finally accept that I was right on this show, because I said it, and it's, it's, it's somehow going there. <laughs> okay, so I get it. But I honestly, yeah, I, as, aside, aside numbers, there was no way Timberwolves were, were getting anywhere. Look at look at the influence Melo brought to this, uh, how do you call it, the whole Hornets team. And MJ has come out to even say he didn't expect this. I mean, the guy was just doing crazy stuff. And look at how he and Miles Bridges were gelling, like that connection. You know, like, do you, do you, can, can, can you have imagined the number of people who would go watch the Hornets game just because, you know? Um, um, just, I'm not going to disagree with you, yes. Hornets, Hornets, Hornets have been a better team. Hornets, Hornets uh, have been a better team. But I think, well, I'm not disagreeing with them. Let me finish. I'm agreeing with you 100% that, yes, Melo's, Melo's impact on the team has made them better. But then, to be honest, the Hornets, the Hornets team, if you look at it overall, is better currently than the Timberwolves team, so we shouldn't say that it's the no, addition Sarah, of Melo that was not the key piece. I have to disagree. Because, wow, hold I have on. To disagree so with why? You. So, so you know so, why? You know what? You know why? I think I think that the Hunters team are better. They they kind of improved their team with some new additions that have made their team better. And then the Timberwolves team also have 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 had injuries since the beginning of the season that have affected them. So, if you look at it overall, I think the Hornets team are even better than in, than the Timberwolves team. All right, so for six so man of the year, I would pick... Actually, yeah, who would you guys pick for six man? And then most improved, do them together, please. And then we'll save defensive player for last. So, I will go for Clarkson, six man of the year. For who? Jordan Clarkson, six man of the year. I agree oh, yeah. with that. I pick, I pick Clarkson. Yeah, that was I right, think for, for, for most improved, yeah. For most improved, I'd either go Jeremy Grant or um, what's his name from Houston, or what's that guy? Chris Wood from Houston. Yes, sir. Yeah. yeah, Chris Wood has been really good. Yeah, I think Chris Wood. I think Chris Wood has been really good. But I think I think Colin Sexton Sexton also has to be in that conversation. Uh, most improved probably. He, he can be in the conversation, yeah. but he can stand at the back. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think he would. I don't think he would be about Chris Wood, but then I feel like he should took in that conversation. But yeah, I think we'll go for Chris Wood. I think I'll go for Chris Wood. Yeah. All right, for defensive player of the year, I remember early in the year I picked um, what's his name, Ben Simmons over Rudy Gobert, and I will stick with that pick. If anyone who wants to argue, you can argue with your hands because I won't listen to any slander. You know, you know, I saw I saw a post today. Uh, Embiid was saying that he feels he should be defensive player of the year. And he wants to be. He's just being cocky, year. my brother. Uh, yeah, I saw cocky. that. I saw that. I said, huh? He's just being cocky. He's just, just being cocky. I'm like, 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 I'm I mean, they asked his coach about it, and his coach said he'll give um, Embiid the MVP and then vote Ben for defensive player. I mean, obviously. Like, so he'll split it that way. But your man says yeah, he wants both. Embiid says he no, wants both. No, but we all know Embiid is, is, is one cookie ass dude, right? Like, he likes to say these things just to, you know, gain certain attention. Yeah, you don't pay attention. That, that could be the case. Alright, uh, 
quick right, question on. before we wrap up. Um, if the Warriors are able to get past the play-in and make the playoffs, should Steph gain some MVP recognition? That's a that's a okay, gigantic let me, question. Let me, let me let me let me start. Let me start. Okay, he okay. should gain the like that that MVP recognition. Obviously, he should gain that MVP recognition. Uh, but I don't think he'll be able to win it. It's, it's similar to LeBron carrying a very terrible team to the playoffs and not winning the MVP by gaining that MVP recognition. And it's also similar to Westbrook carrying OKC to the playoffs but winning the MVP. However, I feel like even though Curry is being amazing, they've, they've kind of seen equally amazing players do this equally amazing thing over this stretch of time and will give you the MVP recognition, but they won't give you the MVP because politics. So, I feel like until Westbrook does something extremely extraordinary that brings his team into playoff contention, I highly doubt that Kerry will be able to win the MVP, but then he'll probably be in the top five of the MVP ranking. However, I have a question. But then I'll ask after that would be scary. Diane, this was your question from weeks ago. What was the question? What was the question? If Curry is able to navigate the play in through the play in and make the playoffs and guide the Warriors to the playoffs, should he be in the MVP discussion? I believe so. But same 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 thing that um Seram said. I think Embiid and Jokic and these guys have like they have overshadowed the MVP conversation conversation um but i think curry is doing in this in this in this in this this year um is different but um i don't think he'll win it similar to what Saram said yeah justice what are your thoughts quickly look i i i don't know why you guys uh i i don't know but look if Terry should make the playoffs hands down he should win the mvp see you don't know why i'm saying this have you seen the guys roster have you, have you seen the Golden State Warriors? Have you seen the players he's playing with? I mean, don't disrespect Kelly Oubre. You don't need to disrespect Kelly Oubre. No disrespect to, you know, all the other guys on the roster. But, but guys, if Kerry makes the playoffs, he is in contention for the MVP. Because when look at the people that we are, we are mentioned, Jokic, we're talking about indeed. Look at the people they have around them. Look at the players they have around them. You understand that? And, and the thing scary is doing now, it's scary. It's not just ordinary. It's scary, my brother. It's scary. You understand? The guy is going to the rack like nobody's business. And this is something we haven't seen from Kerry for a very long time because he's always had an, he's, he's always had this paper ankle. So he's always careful to go to the rack and all of that. Now he's going to the rack. So now he has mostly people. That, people nobody knows how to guard this name. Nobody can guard this guy. You don't know how to guard him. He's shooting lights out. Fam. Like what? What is what is what is there to like? What is there to talk about? All right, thank you, Justice. Uh, and this is a very controversial question. If we are talking about Terry, right, winning MVP or winning the MVP conversation, if um, Warriors make the playoffs, should Chris Paul be in that conversation as well? Looking at the current the current state the Suns are in, the record they have. And where they were last season, and due to the fact that the Chris Paul addition has kind of changed that, do we do we think that Chris Paul should be in that MVP conversation? 
because right now with the ranking that we have right now, Chris Paul is not even in the top ten. And I feel like this is this is this is wrong. To me, I feel like Chris Paul should be in that MVP conversation. To me, I don't have either one of them in the MVP conversation. So they can, like I said to Colin Sexton, they can stand in the back. <laughs> that's uh, cool. you know, I, I think I think I think I think that 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 that's really wrong. I think Chris Paul, I think Chris Paul should be in the conversation. I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think so. The reason why I don't think so is, you know, we saw what Suns did without Chris Paul in the bubble. You understand? It was inevitable that this was going to happen this particular season. You understand? I'm not I'm not debunking the addition of Chris Paul and how he stabilized. I mean their offense and how his, you know, his, his, his presence has changed their mentality. But guys, come on. We saw this coming. We saw the Suns going into the bubble and beating people. Like, he was beating teams. You understand? Thank you for listening to episode seven of Old Ball Sports. It's been me, Nanamar Hansen. I was joined today by Diane Addo, Serum Carte, Papa Kodrospio, David Kofite, and our special guest for this episode, Justice. Thank you for choosing to listen to Oddball Sports. You can follow us on Instagram at Oddball Sports. That is the at sign O D D B A L L underscore S P O R T S. On Twitter at Oddball Sports. That is the at sign O D D B A L L underscore S P R T S. And on Audio Mac and all other major streaming platforms by searching Oddball Sports Podcast. Thank you for listening to this episode. Oddball Sport. Oddball Sports. Oddball Sports is produced by KKKP the DJ.